0: This is a warning to all living mortals that on the 13th of December, Moose will release 13 of the most terrifying interviews of horror unto the world. That's right, 13 brand new episodes in the month of December leading up to our season premiere. And until then, Horror Hounds, mash on.
1: <laughs> Hi there, this is Beatrice Buckley from Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Amanda Krueger, and you are listening to This is Monster Mash.
0: You're listening. Monster Mash! <laughs> welcome, horror hounds, to another episode of Moose's Monster Mash. It's actually episode 94 of Moose's Monster Mash. Crazy, right? Right. I'm your host, Moose, and joining me today is a familiar voice who's, I guess, gotten softer over the years, but to us who will always be the Growlix Growler, please welcome back
1: Mr. Randall Sylvie have i gotten softer we'll see we'll see how it goes with this episode uh hey thanks for having me back it's been a while it's been a while
0: So say last time you were on was for the uh year in review and the last time we've done something like we're about to do it was four years ago
1: that's crazy
0: and listeners what we were doing is we are looking at 1984's children of the corn and 2023 or 2020's children of the corn depending on where you actually put its official date you know release date Mm -hmm. and kind of comparing contrasting and seeing kind of seeing how they line up but before we get into that you know Randy, how you been yet you had some music and stuff
1: come out not that long ago didn't you I did, and your audience might be perfect for it because you do a horror podcast. Yeah, uh, in October, and I really pushed it so last minute, like just two days, I think, before Halloween. Which is, listen, if you're gonna record, if you're gonna release like a Halloween album, don't do it two days before Halloween. <laughs> it's not enough time to promote it before it's like awkward. But um, I released them. yeah, it's a like slightly synthwave, slightly metal album called Candy Sack 2 because it's a follow-up to my uh to a Halloween album I released previously uh under the artist title of Super Science. And so if you like synth wave, synth music and or metal, you should definitely check it out. Uh superscience.xyz. That's a real website, I swear. <laughs> but yeah. Super Science examine your zipper. <laughs> well so superscience.com is expensive like that's like a that's a premium right and so i in my mind i'm like xyz that's like sciency it's the alphabet <laughs> i don't know but every time i tell somebody that url they give me a funny look and it's like what it's it's a real it's a real top level domain yeah no you you want a .com. It, it it you're gonna
0: spend some money i was looking at websites for the podcast and one of the most cost effective ones i kid you not was dot pizza dot pizza wow and i was like oh you know what i like it i haven't pulled the trigger yet but moose's monster mash dot pizza that just it it seems i don't
1: (laughs) if 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 grolix 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 podcast by the way i'll do a little shout out promotion for the self promotion for that too grolixpodcast.com that's still going on we're primarily just streaming uh, m- about weekly still but if that was still like in the prime of like randy's buying up urls related to the podcast it's all dot pizza would've been perfect oh yeah that's a thing we used to we used to say all the time it's all pizza Nerd sounds uh, dot pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, there is a dot com related to super science I've been eyeballing that I might do that'll probably sound a little better. It's just, you know, you try to get the most succinct because you don't want it to be like, I don't know, super dash science uh, sounds 1980s dot, you know, whatever. That's <laughs> like way com. Be, I
0: mean, it's got to be succinct. Right. It's got to be. E- You got to be able to have it just roll off your tongue. Right. Exactly. And and fit Mm -hmm. on a business card. Yes. One line. Yes. (laughs) One line.
1: But anyway, yeah. Go check, check out all the things I do. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. You know, we can't watch, like, if you can't watch
0: Grolix live on Thursday nights, it's always replays. You know, you're right. Sometimes you have to work and you don't get to partake in the chat as much as you used to, but damn it. You get to go watch the
1: replays. (laughs) <laughs> I really, you know, it's it's a problem with schedules. Of course, you always got to, especially with a live thing, like a live podcasting is interesting because schedules are a bigger deal. Uh, you know, before we'd just, we'd have a certain day and then we'd batch record a bunch of episodes, right? Or we'd try to, mm-hmm. but I really want to move it from Thursdays. Thursday nights have gone totally dead for us. It's not a good time to stream <laughs> for us, uh, but you know, whatever. Maybe we just haven't, maybe we just need to find another audience, find a new audience, but I would like to move it. It's just difficult with people's schedules.
0: Oh, absolutely. Scheduling is, especially this time of year, is going to be tricky. Right.
1: Oh yeah. We're, we're really kind of <laughs> somebody be like, oh yeah, so I got th- something to do uh, Thursday and I'll be like, let's cancel Grolix. Let's take a week <laughs> off. It's fine. So <laughs> Such as life.
0: Children of the Corn. Now, at, at this point, there is over, including the original, there's like a dozen attempts to get this franchise a shot in the arc. And the, the, the common question is, is the franchise worth making a franchise out of? And in my opinion, I think, yes, the, the story is good enough that you can make a franchise out of it. That said, I don't think they're there yet.
1: And no, that I so I don't know how you want to like how fast you want to jump into this, but that's the most frustrating thing to me watching these movies. It's just like the central idea, the the short story, the central idea is sound. There is a lot of like good potential creepiness to be mined out of that story, and like you said, they're not there yet, but they've done. I mean, it's not like they're not, oh, I don't know, 13, 14 movies deep into this franchise. Like, and they still haven't been able to, like, nail it. It's so strange to me. Now, like, I've said on a previous episode, and, you know, Randy,
0: I told you a little bit ago, you know, I watch I watch the original Children of the Corn every fall. So, when this one was announced, I got really excited. Because this one, of all the remakes or sequels or direct-to-TVs, this one actually... the 2023 one looked really good and so i got i got excited and i was like okay cool now i'm gonna watch them both as standalone films i think they work pretty well but for the new one to act as a prequel to the original there's there's a lot you have to uh just kind of okay no that works let's assume that works you know and i'm not even counting yeah to me it, i mean Yo, Modern versus 80s.
1: It, I I f- it's interesting because I feel like it is a prequel if anything at least a prequel to the story. But it doesn't seem like they def- they made a lot of strives to make because it's I don't feel like they were trying to make strives to make it a prequel to the original film. Like how we get the like modern I guess sequels where it's like supposed to be directly tied to the original it, it, uh this feels like if anything it's just kind of a prequel to the story without too much concern about tying it to the film the films themselves
0: yeah it, it's it would just why I say like as a standalone film it, it it's a fun horror movie but it, it you can't have it you know as a canon prequel just it, it won't
1: work so you like the original, you say you watch it every, it's a, it's a fall movie for you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you kind of, allu- you kind of said that they don't, they haven't really nailed it with this franchise yet. So what are your overall feelings on? Not necessarily. I mean, I haven't seen every movie in the franchise, but what are your overall feelings on these movies? Are you favorable or? Well, like on these two specifically, I,
0: I like both of them. I had some small issues with them, but I mean, the the original Children of the Corn is probably my third favorite Stephen King adaptation. It's Shining, really? Christine, uh, well, Kubrick Shining, Christine, mm-hmm. and uh, Children of the Corn.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Um, and you know the one, th- you know the, the the one through vein through all of it is. They always capture the the creepy. And that's what I've always liked about, you know, both of these and even the multiple other variants. They, the, the, the creepy kids, the kids as the killers, you know, that that's, it's different. It's, it, it's a slasher, but not a slasher. It's, you know, what happens when the, you know, When the kids have had enough, you know, and and that's one of the things that's always drawn me to the story, but you know, you you always kind of wonder, especially in the original, why, you know, and in in the original you get, well, it's the one who walks behind the ropes. He's telling them to do this. Why? Why is he telling them to do this?
1: Right. Yeah. What benefit does... He, the one that walks behind the rose what are the benefit do they they get out of it so <laughs> i have seen the first one a couple times a few times this is maybe my third watch of it um so it's not something i watched cuz i know a lot of people that have seen had seen the original uh, a bunch as a kid and I, that's not the case with me but i've seen it a few times i think it sucks i think it sucks hard and that's why i said that's why i said oh we might get uh, softer back, Randy, huh? <laughs> uh, so not that there's not good things to be said but i think i think interestingly i would like i have a i guess a, a opposing view on certain things as you do on this because I feel like it could be creepier. I don't feel like they really nailed the creepy vibe. It's interesting. Like, you can do a horror movie all during the day. The, the uh, Children of the Corn 1984 is a very bright movie. Mm-hmm. Very bright and sunshiny movie. Which is interesting decision. But I don't think it necessarily, like... I think it takes extra mastery to do good horror in a bright, sunshiny like, setting. Um, that they didn't necessarily have. Also, cornfields can be creepy. I don't oh, know 100%. that they hundred percent. Yeah. So also a bit of like, I don't know where all, you know, your major demographics of your listeners are, or where they're located, but we're both Midwest, Midwest, Nebraska boys, or are you in Iowa? No, we're both from, you know, both Nebraska. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're on the edge of Nebraska, so Iowa it wouldn't be a stretch, but mm-hmm. so we know, we know us some cornfields. We know our <laughs> They corn. can be they can be creepy. It's something that I'm really surprised that they never like play on at least in these two movies is I think the creepiest aspects of cornfields. At night it's creepy because you don't know what's in there. It's right. also why it's a little surprising this first movie just is day all the time. Maybe it was easier to shoot.
0: But all well, will say and I do have a thought on that, but I'll touch back on it here
1: in a minute. Okay. But also, I'm surprised it never played on getting lost in a cornfield. That's kind of the scariest thing. Even mm-hmm. if you grow up around cornfields, it don't matter. You If you find yourself for some reason in the middle of a cornfield, of course, you could just follow the rows. But it's so easy to get turned around and have that bit of panic of like, where am I? And if you do that at night, it's even more so. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I, they well, just, and That's
0: why corn mazes are so popular.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. The other aspect, something that you touched on, that you mentioned, that I kind of disagree with is, I kind of feel like, especially this first one, the remake almost remedies this in a little bit, in in, in a way, the amount of time we spend with the kids, with the villains specifically, <laughs> kind of, I think, robs them of their creepiness, and it relies on their performance to be creepy, and for me, it sometimes works because the 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 main kid, uh, what's his, is it Isaac? He Isaac. Plays the character's Isaac. Is, has a, just a inbuilt creepiness to him. I say he looks um, like an evil little shit. <laughs> right, right. But I, I feel like in my mind, keeping the kids mysterious and sticking with the adults would have led to more genuine creepiness because it's better in my Opinion, like, at least it's easier to do horror of, like, the unknown, of, like, Mm -hmm. why are these kids doing this? You know, make them seem... I would make them seem more ominous. More ominous, we're not following them directly as much and listening to their weird, uh, you know, evangelical uh, (laughs) corn cult thing. I feel like putting them more on the outskirts would make them seem like a scarier threat. And in a way, I feel like the remake, I won't have a lot of nice things to say about the remake when we get there, but the remake does that better. It does. Now, interestingly, it follows only kids. I mean, there's adults there, but we never really follow the adults. We only follow the kids, but there's like the main kids. And then there's this group of weirdos (laughs) that are led by the one like Red Queen child. Yeah. And uh, they seem mysterious because we don't ever really... I mean, they could be they could be changing kids out see, from scene to scene, and you wouldn't know because they're all just like there as a murderous posse, and you don't really get to know any of them. And that saying, the, makes the, them the remake.
0: Creepy. It's like the normies and the outcasts. It, it's it, it, that'll be a fun discussion. Um, but now the uh, shooting in the daytime. I wonder if that has to do, and it, it probably has more to do with the uh, limits they had on when kids could be on set.
1: Oh, that totally makes sense, actually.
0: Um, which then, yeah, automatically does pull some of the, uh, this probably isn't even a word, ominicity. <laughs> Ominousness. Uh, right. Out of this, you know, scene, because, yeah, it's daytime, it's corn, it's Nebraska, it's dry, and it's sunshine and rainbows and creepy little shit, Isaac. Uh, you know, but yeah, if even if they could have and cgi wasn't as good back then but they could have uh like superimposed a dark you know like dusk you know right shot maybe a little later production would have taken longer and ultimately would have cost more but i think that would right. have ramped up the uh, eeriness factor but you know the, the you have in the original this cult of kids who just who do this like mass genocide of all the adults hmm and as a kid you're like yeah you know get the adults but then as you get older you're like why did they just kill all the adults
1: right <laughs> right.
0: you know and you know it, it's one of those you know again it goes back to you know he who walks behind the rose it was like okay who is this nut you know and what power does he have you know, why why does he need the adults gone And uh, again, the remake prequel kind of tries to remedy that. And yeah, you're right. They they do a decent job of giving us some sort of backstory there. But for what it was, the original does a pretty good job of being like entry level horror. It's a good horror movie for kids. Kids love it because, especially kids who have issues with their parents. kids love to see adults die
1: (laughs) right and i guess that kind of makes a little bit more sense too if if you think about it from that perspective a kids are a kid's gonna want to follow the kids' story more but i feel like this movie would bore a lot of children maybe more so now when kids when you when you're not stuck to like four four broadcast tv stations and it's like oh children of the corn which is way better than whatever else is on um
0: but i say it definitely there's gonna be an age bracket and it depends on how interested in like type of like if kids like 80s horror i think this is right up there but otherwise yeah children of the corn is definitely one of those that there is no middle ground. You either love it or you hate it? And that's another, you know, through vein, through all of these, you either love it or you hate it. There's no, Oh, I think it's okay. No, it's yeah. And like, like we've established,
1: I personally love it. And that's probably mostly nostalgia,
0: but (laughs) right.
1: Right. You know, and that, that actually, that would kind of make sense. Like I said, I'd seen it before, but it's not something I watched a bunch when I was a kid. Um. So I wanted to share my notes. I took some notes while watching this or well, I was going to take notes. I only ended up with two single notes. I added a third later after the fact, but two notes during the movie. And it was just quotes from the movie that kind of struck me as humorous. And I read it back after and I was like, Oh, the movie wrote my review for me. <laughs> so the first quote, and I, and I'm not just trash talking. This is a, plays into a criticism I have um the two notes I have are things just aren't happening fast enough real quote from the movie and I wish we'd never done this (laughs) it was another quote and I was like well that's my review (laughs) so things just it's so funny because the movie it's so kind of slow to do anything yeah Uh, and it's it's interesting because once this time The opening scene where the kids kill a bunch of people, I appreciate how they kind of approached it. They kind of made it in a way it's like, okay, sure. Obviously they poison some people. That's a good way to like, how are kids going to kill a town full of adults? And they didn't kill the whole town in this scene. It's just whatever. But it, it kind of separate them off. They lock down the store, poison the coffee. And then it's basically like the bigger teen boys with knives and stuff or sickles or whatever. Um, after that, we get the car hitting the kid with the car where, well, a little ways after that, where Linda, Linda Hamilton and the other dude and the dude comes in and, uh, that like hitting it with the car, like that's interesting for a second, but then it just drags. So it just drags on where they're just, they're trying to get to the, a town for one. They literally end up driving in the (laughs) Down like farmer access paths in a cornfield. I don't know how you accidentally get in there in broad daylight. Although I was making that complaint to Melanie and she's like, Didn't you once get stuck on a minimum maintenance road? I'm like, it's happened a couple times, but that's beside the point. Because
0: it's supposed to be easy to get lost in Nebraska. We're a flyover state. Well, listen. <laughs> I said these movies make you have to take that leap
1: of faith. They do. Uh, But my point is, it just kind of drags stuff out. And then once they finally get to the town, it's so long of them like just trying to find somebody and nobody's around. And oh, there's some kids running. No, nobody's around. And at one point, like they find the two kids in the house. And mind you, they have the dead body of some child in their trunk this entire time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're trying to like. Listen, I don't. I wouldn't want to have to be in a situation where I show up anywhere with a child's dead body in my trunk and have to explain it. But they're trying to find somewhere to like make this right. Uh, but at one point, he's like, "We can't just stand here and talk to these kids. this This little girl's not giving us any information." Blah blah blah. And Linda Hamilton character is like, "Well, no, let's just wait." And the guy's like. Things just aren't happening fast enough. And I'm like, that's the screenwriter talking right there or something. Yeah. Or that's the screenwriter taking a direct studio note and putting it into the script because (laughs) they weren't and it does pick up somewhat significantly after that point is he finally, they run into, you know, Malachi and the other kids, um, And the second line that I wish we'd never done this just was funny. That is literally like an off screen character says in the barn towards the end. One of the kids is like, you just hear it while stuff's happening. I wish we'd never done this. Uh, And it's like, yeah, you wish you'd never murdered every adult in your town, (laughs) including your parents. It's a little late for that. Well, and
0: Um, yeah, ultimately, and I, I don't mean to cut you off. We'll get back to your third note. I think th- this goes back to you know what I originally said about them not quite nailing this as a franchise. And to touch on your two notes, this is the problem with taking a short story and trying to turn it into a feature film. I honestly I, I fully believe Children of the Corn would be better served as part of a Stephen King anthology series keep it as a short it you know it's a little more rapid fire it's more to the point you could play with it a little bit more and it it hits harder but you're taking what was originally just a short story you know it's not like the shining or christine or Cujo or any of his other books this is just a short story and it's a good short story but that doesn't necessarily parlay into a feature film, especially when you're not really adding that much to it. You're going, you're trying to stay true to the original work. There's not that much meat on the boat.
1: Yeah. I feel like they could. Yeah. I, there's like missed opportunities onto where you could like expand mm-hmm. to fill out that time with something more interesting, something like Melanie's read the story and I should have read it before this. I, I have not read it, but she was saying, that she was talking about how in the story, like they come across and they, they do that, do it in this first movie. They come across like a ledger of like births and deaths. Right. Yeah. And they noticed the deaths, like a lot of people die at 18 or whatever. And weirdly, so everybody like if they're dead, they die at whatever. And that like generations of kids, of like, you know, they have other children. And I'm, I'm assuming once they hit teen years or whatever, they have children, they hit 18, they go off into the corner, they die, whatever. Um, and then the kids... So it seems to me like the story insinuates that there's a couple generations of this going on where that is not to, that is not sold. Like they even do the thing where there's the, he finds the book and he mentions like, oh, every, why is everybody so young and then they die in this? But it doesn't make sense because, for example, the like the two the little boy and the little girl they're kind of like the good kids. They, I think there was supposed to be a couple years between the t- killing of the adults and when most of the movie takes place, but none of the kids actually aged at all. Right. So I feel like they to tried to simplify it to like the time frame is very iffy, and I feel like the concept <laughs> of like there this has been going on for a, at least a several few years is much more interesting. Um, You almost get more into that, like, stumbling across to, you know, kind of an inbred society of hillbillies in the woods type situation where they're like, oh, this is like its own weird society. And I feel like there hasn't been enough... They don't establish enough of a time frame in this movie to make that super interesting. But if you wanted to follow the kids more, you could maybe mine that for more material.
0: Well, and that's kind of where this remake reboot prequel kind of fills that gap and could work as a prequel because it does it, it picks up with that ledger well it does ledger's not in the book and i mean in the new movie but it would make that ledger make sense you know it, it's that it's that leap of faith thing i'm talking about and we'll, we'll get more into that right. in a minute but you said you had a third note
1: Oh, the third note is really not important. It's just uh, again the notes I ended up taking were things that amused me. Uh, I just noted that that kid's vest is not a rag because I was so amused <laughs> towards the end. The uh, the guy's like, find a rag, and Linda Hamilton for to make the Molotov cocktail <laughs> looks at the like one the good kid, uh, the good little boy, and like grabs his vest and rips it, and and he goes, hey, that's not a rag, and that just struck me as so funny <laughs> like just how like he was offended he was it's like, offended
0: this is my good best damn it
1: and it Do was also right, kind get of it interesting. The dead guy i don't i don't know if it was intentional but there is this interesting like the adults and i, I get it because most of the kids are trying to kill them have such an interest like they're almost dejected they're or not dejected they're almost like even with the good kids, they're just like, eh, I don't know about you or any of you. We're just trying to save our own skin, which makes sense. I think that's an interesting angle. I do want to not just totally trash this movie. One thing I really liked about this is this is one of the few movies placed in, well, it's one of the few movies placed in like Nebraska, uh, but placed in like small town Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a couple different small town Nebraska's and watching this, I was like, no movies ever get to look just right. And this is perfect, but filmed in it's Iowa. Na- it, that's, what I was about to say it's perfect because it was filmed in Iowa, which is just, you know, a matter of a driving distance away from us right here filmed in a small, like small town of two, maybe 300 people in Iowa. And the main thing is there's a lot of shots of like the main street, what would be called the main street, and that's the main thing that you don't see a lot in movies is that like old small town midwest uh main sh- business area in a tiny town they the buildings all have a certain look. It, I didn't live in a town that had this, but I've been in towns like that insane intersection where there's just this massive like a uh, light pole or whatever in the middle of the intersection mm-hmm. which seems so asinine, but I've been in towns that have poles in the middle of the street like that. Um, yeah, I was, I was super impressed with that and I did do some research and yeah, it was, it was filmed. I can't remember the name of the town, but it was filmed in Iowa, uh, which is quite a bit farther away from where the remake was filmed.
0: Um, well, and some of the shots were done up near, up in like, uh, Lamar and, uh, Lamar's sorry. And like the Sioux city area, because like the, uh, the little white church, that they use that you get the exterior of that church half of my family has had their funerals in that church
1: really wow
0: um opening shot you know you know that there's there's that a uh, motel on the uh just off the interstate uh just passing shot a little baby moose was uh made
1: in that hotel <laughs> I can't believe you know that. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so. You're a you're a child of the corn. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, so I mean, that it, is,
0: it's just finding all these little, like, like I, I remember, cause like first time I went to one of my family members, uh, funerals out there, I walked up to that church. It's like, oh shit. No, I don't want to go in. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: right. Like right. I've seen this movie. <laughs> There's some little kids and a girl's going to stab me in there. I don't want to go in there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think it's filmed competently. The shots are fine. It's not extremely like striking, um, but it does look nice as somebody who grew up in an area that looks very close to that. I, I did enjoy that aspect of it.
0: Oh, yeah. So it definitely does nail small town Nebraska and yeah. well just small town in general really i mean right. it, it, it's very like it could be any midwestern small town and that is one of the greatest takeaways i have from that movie is they said it's a small town in like it could have just said small town in the midwest and it it is it is 100 percent a small town in the midwest
1: i also and i i know i dogged on it being so brightly lit and partial part of it is also like a newer movie's not going to look like that cuz uh, it still has that like 80s look it's, it's the film stock and whatever but it's got such a natural look and color to it like the coloring the, the 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 color grading I don't know it's it's looks very natural and I appreciated that whereas a more modern movie or even a movie then that's more stylized would would you know may lean heavier on a more stylized lighting and look and stuff, which might be more visually interesting, but I did appreciate this just as like, yeah, that could just, that's just a photo of Nebraska from the eighties. Like it, yeah, it makes sense. It's a Nebraska
0: postcard. Welcome to Nebraska.
1: I did also enjoy at times like, okay. So the main like villains, we got Malachi and Malachi get Malachi. They say his name a million times. Oh yeah. And, uh, Isaac. I don't always feel like those two, their performances are always like on are always top notch. But it's not necessarily their fault. I feel like part of it's just how the film's constructed where it doesn't mm-hmm. always work for me. But when those kids are allowed to like really go off the Isaac when he when he when like the group turns on him and he just goes off the deep end, like he is just I bet his throat hurt after some of oh, those yeah. takes. He's just screaming and like chewing the scenery. And like, I appreciated that Malachi. I don't know is always super as intimidating as he's supposed to be, but I, I found it interest the scene where he takes and it doesn't, nothing comes of this, but he takes Linda Hamilton to that intersection with the pole and to try to get the outlander to come, come there. He's got a hold of her and he's got the knife and I'm sure the knife was fake but like the way he's like shaking her around like he has a real intensity to where I'm like that probably was an on like not the most comfortable uh film the scene scene to film but he brought when he needed to he did bring like kind of an intimidating uh intensity to it and then, so I appreciated that as well oh, also the like gasoline or gasohol irrigation system is kind of insane. I don't know if it would really work that well, but I liked it. And I liked it way better than how they handled that in the remake or the new one. Well, and you, you look at malachi
0: and you know, going back to there was more that they could uh play with. malachi should be worried. He is almost, you know, a man of a certain He's got to be right on the town. cusp of
1: Aging out, right? You know, he should be about <laughs> yeah, on his yeah. way out.
0: You know, so you know, at at, at this point, he's on his you know last few years. So I mean, God, that was a story element that could have just been added. That yes, not all, not in the original short story. You know, could have been thrown in after they found the ledger. You know, just as a quick, you know, hey, you only got a few years left. Why are you doing this?
1: Yeah, and then expand from that. I feel like it would have added to his character motivation for sure. Um, I think his his turn on Isaac still made sense, just because he's obviously like he was their go to. He's their enforcer, so he's obviously the more aggressive one. And of the older boys that were always the enforcers, he was definitely the leader. So it makes sense that he would at some point. Be like, listen, they call for me. They they don't call for you. Turn on Isaac. Um, but yeah, no, you make an interesting point. And I mean, it's I guess it wouldn't be necessary. But in terms of like fleshing out the story a little more, giving a little bit more meat to the like putting more meat on the bone of this, like kind of bare bones movie. Um, yeah, that would have been interesting to give him that extra bit of character motivation or explore that of like, he's yeah, he looks real close to aging out. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And yeah, it could have happened in that scene between him and Linda Hamilton. You know, it's just a matter of what, you know, why, why are you doing this? You know, you're, you know, within the next year or so, you're next. You know, so why do you keep following it? And then that starts to get the wheels turning and before the ultimate turn, you know, but ultimately it is what it is. Still love the movie. And I mean, it's, It's, you know, like I said, there's things I like about the movie, things I don't like about the movie. Most of what it is, is nostalgia. You know, it's one of those, does it hold up to movies today? Oh, absolutely not. But it is a fun movie to watch every year.
1: I don't hate it. Um, I know star ratings don't mean anything, but I, I like doing star ratings. I gave this one and a half. So I don't hate it. I just don't particularly enjoy it. Um, it's interesting. I I almost wonder. Well, we'll get into it, but uh, yeah. I I don't think the new one out does this. I feel like this is still better. I feel like this is still a better movie in in most ways. In some ways, <laughs> whatever. I don't need to defend it. I think this. Well, movie and then sucks. yeah, let's.
0: That's saying yeah. Let's get into the uh prequel uh, reboot, the twenty 2020, twenty 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 three version which to clarify it was made in 2020 but it's and it had a very very limited release in 2020 it's wide release was in march of 2023 which is why it's a 2020-2023 um release like interestingly imdb has both dates listed as its uh release date so
1: yeah i was uncertain i did i did i did You know, in trying to make sure I was watching the right movie, because I know there had been another remake of *Children of the Corn* that we weren't talking about. But I was like, "Wait, is it the 2020 movie or is it the 2023 movie?" And I had to do a little research. And it, yeah, it's interesting because, like, Letterboxed has it listed as 2020. Um, Some other websites has it 2023. Uh, Yeah, so I did a little a little research to make sure I was watching the right one. But I guess if it, you know, if it got and even just a limited theatrical release in 2020 technically that would be a 2020 movie regardless of the fact that it got shelved for a couple of years
0: yeah it, it, it's it's weird it, it's such a weird release right like just call it a 2020 movie right like I I think they tried to forget that they did a limited release in 2020 and they're like nope no nope, nope it was 2023 that's when we let it out
1: we well, didn't let
0: it out when nobody could go anywhere
1: I'm going to assume the original plan was probably a wider release, maybe depending how it performed in the limited release. And then 2020 happened. You know what I mean? I could be wrong. I don't know how the timing of it played out, but I'm assuming that's it. And then it just got sat on for a while. And then they're just like, okay, let's put this out. Um, Right. I, I had actually heard of this. I've heard this movie discussed on a podcast and I'm pretty sure I heard it discussed on a podcast, not within the last year. So that added extra confusion to like, you know, I heard somebody talking about it who must have seen it in that limited release. Um, Well, what's funny is we had
0: talked about it uh, a couple of years ago, right? When we did our, uh, you know, movies we're looking forward to mm-hmm. after our year in review when it was supposed to come out, and. I was excited for back then. And then, yeah, it just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. I was like, well, that sucks.
1: And then it popped up again. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. (laughs) So this movie, I feel like is a more fun watch than the original, but not, it definitely goes faster. Not in a good way. (laughs) Like (laughs) there are some scenes that made me laugh. And I don't know that they're supposed to. It's anyway. Yeah, it's interesting that this is like so this isn't really a remake, and it's not even necessarily just another adaptation of the original story. Maybe it is a little bit, but you're we as we talked about before, it is a prequel. And as a prequel, it's interesting. We don't have an Isaac, but we have an Isaac like character. Mm-hmm. Um and they also drop the like evangelical aspect, like completely
0: which i mean and this is where i go into the you have to take a lot of leaps of faith you know does the evangelical part you know does the cult of the corn essentially come you know a couple generations later you know but that that's that's putting a lot of faith into could be you know and that's okay i'm i'm fine with that I, ultimately, I don't really care, you know, on their, like as standalone films, they're good on their own. They, they don't necessarily have to be tied together, except the fact that, you know, it's supposed to be a prequel, but as you mentioned, as a prequel story, it does add a lot of good elements to the story. Like, and if you haven't watched this yet there, I'm, there's going to be spoilers, so this oh, would yeah, be the time call. to turn this off. Um, the reasoning of the killings in like the getting a backstory of why they kill the parents in this one, why the red queen kid is so psychotic in this one really helps push those story elements along. I mean, she seems quasi normal at the beginning. Until her friend or brother escapes from what? The kids mental asylum? I don't and understand what the that adults was Yeah and the adults gas the entire
1: building, killing <laughs> all of the kids. This is okay, so this is it started and I was hopeful. It looked nice. It did not look like it did not look like this the Midwestern Nebraska of my childhood. <laughs> Uh, also, they're, it's not even supposed to be the same. Like they ch- the name of the town is different, but it's n- the name yeah. of the town they actually filmed in in Australia. It was. It's not filmed anywhere near here. They have corn over there too. It's fine. It didn't. It, to me, it didn't capture that look. So whatever. But it looked nice. They had a budget. It, like it seemed like they had a budget. Um, so I was hopeful for about two. And I liked his little. <laughs> weird message to her to the girl after he walked out of the corn it seems like he had walked out I think he had walked out into the corn and disappeared for like three days and then come back um I don't know what that facility was supposed to be if it was just a school or if it was like a it doesn't make sense if it's an orphanage there were so many kids in there and it's supposed to be like a town of 200 people like small towns don't have an orphanage like that anyway
0: as soon like, yeah, as, yeah, I don't like, know if it's
1: like a mental facility, an orphanage, uh, juvie. It doesn't make sense to me, but y'all, you know, it, they weren't the, the, trying so to kill. So many options of what like so... they. This is Go when ahead. I knew I was in trouble. Is like the second scene of the movie is them accidentally killing this building full of children because they were gassing it with I don't remember what to try to knock out uh, the one. Dude that had walked out of the corn and was holding, I guess, everybody up hostage or something. It's super kind of like slapdash how this whole sequence plays out. But I'm just like, wait. So the adults ran... It's not a settling, but ran ran gas into there and gassed everybody. And they're surprised when all these small children are now dead. I knew right away because it was just... It's so... I get that they're putting like... They're giving motivate. This is a case of giving motivation that maybe you didn't need. Maybe it's scarier if the kids don't have a plausible reason to want to murder everybody, but it's so stupid. It, it was so stupid. Like instantly, I was just like, oh no. Oh no. This is not going to be a very smart, <laughs> smart script, is it? And that's I just want to say, I'll get it out of the way. I hated this script. This is the dumbest movie. It makes some just everything about it's just so dumb dumb to me like there's not not that there's not things in it i didn't like this is an annoying movie because the script is so so bad at times to me but i'll try to not be totally negative the whole time
0: well i mean ultimately this is another one of those where as a story i think it works phenomenal i'm not sure it works well as a movie because if you're to sit down you know take out you know take out the dialogue, take out a lot of it and just tell the story to somebody start to finish. It makes for a compelling story.
1: But we'll see. But I think the mo- this movie, the story told in this movie is not a story that Stephen King would tell. And if he did, no, he wouldn't be a household name at this point because it is the leaps of logic and the random, like, again, there's things I like, I like, and we're going to, it's okay if we go with spoilers, Right. I like. Oh, absolutely. That kind of our main character girl um, inadvertently sparked the massacre. And I liked how that set up. I don't understand her her reasoning. I don't know how she's like going to kidnap her own parents and set up this trial and call in a reporter. Like I don't understand if the kids, if the red queen and the and the younger children or all the other children in the town hadn't already snapped. I don't understand how she envisioned this was to play out. Because she lit- she literally like handcuffed her parents and woke them up in bed. And it's like, we're gonna go have a trial. Like that's that's not normal logic. <laughs> but I also like by that point. So my point is I I like aspects of that, but it still doesn't make sense. And I don't there's a version of this story that's fine, but this story as it is. Is really kind of like, I don't, I feel like this is not a very <laughs> accurate adaptation of anything that Stephen King wrote.
0: Well, so it, it does seem to be very, uh, it, it's Children of the Corn, name only. Um Because, yeah, I, I agree. This isn't, it, it doesn't have Stephen King anywhere in it. Uh, there are some spots in the movie that, do leave a lot to the imagination that I think had they expanded on could have made for a better movie. Uh and again I'll say overall I like this movie, but it, it could have been done better because like the uh I think it was the Reverend maybe uh was the you know the guy who adopted the girl after her you know the brother died from the corn. Uh, well, the gassing, rather, Uh, instead of killing him right away, she went for his eyes. So, watching it, it seems like that was very personal. Mm -hmm. Almost like, you know, it it was, you know, he liked to watch her or something like that, and that was more of a revenge thing. Had that been said or, uh, you know, worked out more, that would explain her snap a little bit better. Right. Because it's not just this kid from the beginning that died. It would say that she had a really screwed up childhood. Right. And she was bound to snap at some point.
1: Yeah. I feel like the time, even within this, and I don't think there's, there's not really a big timeline jump in this, but even within this, the time frame's a little wonky and there's just certain little things that I wish they would have expanded upon and other things that didn't seem necessary. Like the case with that, I do like that. That he's like, you know, she's like, Oh, we're not going to send you out to the corner, we're not going to whatever you to the guy because she has a personal vendetta. And yeah, and and I do appreciate how they got across the point of why without like really hitting on it. Just I like the like, you're not without sin type thing, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it, it felt very rape culture,
1: right? Like it, it was good about obviously putting out what she was talking about without really having to like dive too far into that. But at the same time, I guess I should have assumed that he adopted her. At that point, I wasn't even positive if he had actually adopted her. He kind of floated it in the one scene and then we didn't really get a follow-up. The next scene we see her in, she's riding a horse through the cornfield and it's like, oh, you have a horse i'm I'm sorry, even in Nebraska, people don't just randomly have a horse you You need to live on a farm with some farmers or something, not like a random pastor. like I don't know. I, it was just very strange, but I do like see there's the the screenplay the screenwriter who was also the director, kinda needed someone smart, smarter. Not, not not to say that he's stupid. He's made like he made Equilibrium. I liked Equilibrium. It's also kind of wacky, but I liked Equilibrium. Um, He needed somebody to maybe like give the script a couple more polishes, just kind of work out some of the inconsistencies. But that aspect I like, and I also like that you do get a sense here. It's a little rushed once things finally like go down but you do get a sense here of progression in terms of the kids and it's through her it's through her and I actually I liked I liked the performance of the little girl that played her and I we don't ha- I don't have her character name it's just the red queen but um that scene where they've got the they're making the kid walk the plank I like that because it's like oh these kids are this, these kids aren't quite right. Like they haven't like they're not totally murdering everybody yet, but they're they're not yeah. quite right and it shows some type of progression in 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 how that goes. But that scene in itself is like a disappointment because it's like leading up to something. It's like that kid, even if that kid just jumps down and lands into that those dried corn stalks, that's potentially death. And it seems like it's leading up to something. And then it's like, oh, no, we're just going to cut away to the teens walking off and follow their little story so they can set up that there's a, a reason for there to be a knife in the final act. Uh, I was like, wait, did that scene really just build up to nothing and then cut away? It's like you established this threat. Like, how did that play out? The little girl wanted to have him jump, into, jump off a corn silo or a grain silo or whatever into a, a pile of dried corn stalks, which are sharp. Don't do that. And then set it on fire and like, we just cut away from that scene. Come on. I want to know what it was going to happen. It like, I will say it does
0: show the progression of her psychological meltdown. Cause we went from kid walking the plank to someone being hung by a horse to mass murder in a
1: cornfield. Yeah and there was even like a inter- mass grave. There was even an incremental <laughs> step there because there was the hog blood and like they yeah. they those kids were busy digging a hole next to along the like part of the field. But yeah, the hog blood, they slaughtered a hog and was rubbing blood on the 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 roots and we got to feed the corn and I I enjoyed that too actually. That was I thought was a pretty good idea. Uh so the progression is not bad. you know
0: which then you know is that other you know leap of faith from the first movie okay why does you know he who walks beyond the rose need the adult's killed? well the corn needs to be fed okay cool is it that hard to throw it into a story (laughs) Uh,
1: so it's interesting because i feel like both of these movies do the thing where there's like they kind of have a message but they're not really that serious about it. It's just we're going to throw it in there. And the first one was obviously like the religious aspects, the cultish the cultish aspects of various religions or whatever. And this this one drops that. But this one it seems so lazy because it doesn't seem to like really understand or commit to it, but this one is very like anti-GMO at the beginning because oh, really much. only because the the main the main character It goes on a little like rant about it to her brother, I guess, um, at the beginning. But then also maybe hints at like global warming. I don't know. It feels like it's trying to hit a message so hard, but it doesn't really know what that message is or understand or care. I say
0: it, it it, it seems like it's, you know, against farm subsidies, uh, all these different things. And it's like, okay, cool. It's a horror movie that's dealing with farming.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fine. It makes sense for Children of the Corn. Like, it's okay to make take that angle. I just feel like it didn't understand it, or maybe I just don't. Can you explain to me this subsidy thing? Because, uh, because they're like, well, we could try to do this, or we could accept government handout and plow the fields and never farm again. Like, I don't understand. Is that based on any kind of reality of, like, if you take a subsidy, it just means you never farm again. Because that that doesn't it's make sense to, to me. Not to
0: the best of my knowledge, no.
1: Be- because I, how mean- would you- I would assume that's like a small government payout. First off, why would they pay people to just not use that land? I don't understand. And second off, it couldn't be a huge sum for that long. And that would basically be like, let's take a payout now and never be able to farm again. And our children's livelihoods, which I guess maybe is playing into the outrage of the kids, is like totally destroyed now. I I don't know, man. I I didn't get that. Well,
0: and I think in in this case, I think it had something to do with what they were wanting to replace the uh, crops with. I think it was just bad crop, which then basically burnt the soil,
1: right? Um, yo, know, which I mean, they do they do know you this, gotta. Rotate crops, right? Rotate. You can't do do corn every year.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's kind of where I think they were at was it was always corn. And I think, I I, I think there was the one character pointing out that, you know, Hey, if you, you know, plant something different, your fields will be fruitful again. No, no, no. It's got to be the corn has to be the corn. No, you, you can't plant corn every year. Yeah, that's why. I don't think they even farmers in our area. It's corn and soybeans, and I
1: I don't think that was it. You'll see them flip. Yeah, no, yeah, it does. Like it, they, you have to alternate it, or else it does burn out the soil. But I don't think I don't. The guy who wrote this, I don't think he understood farming at all, which is not a surprise. But and I'm not saying I do. I mean, I live around here, but I never. I'm not a farmer, but I do know you have to alternate. the crops because you're going to burn out the soil, but they don't ever mention that specifically. It just seems like we always do corn. It's got to be corn. Not for any reason other than like, if it's not corn, what will we do? But they blamed the burnout soil on, well, we had some big highfalutin, you know, company come in and spray their, their horrible pesticides on our crops. And now, now nothing will grow here. So it's, it's not even intelligent. Like, Oh, they just weren't alternating their, their crops. It was like pesticides are bad. Pesticides are bad message without actually understanding like anything behind it. Uh, which yeah, uh, no, I don't disagree. Like chemical. Yeah. Don't spray chemicals on everything, but I also like, I don't know, man. It just seemed, that's why I say, that's why I brought it, brought it up. I, I don't, I feel like whatever messages they were trying to hint at are fine. I just feel like it didn't even understand what those messages were supposed to be, right?
0: And yeah, as somebody who did grow up on a farm, I'm watching and I'm like, I don't think that means what you think it means,
1: (laughs) right? And I hate to, um, as somebody who grew up in Nebraska, I am not a fan of people be like, "Oh, Nebraska, yeah, corn," and it's like, "Yeah, sure, corn." Like, I I always we have cows too. (laughs) I'm here. I can't it be children of the cows. I have nothing to do with farms or corn. Uh, children of the cows. <laughs> That's that. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah. So, but however, so this asinine like scene they have, where there's argument, and they finally decide, nope, we're going to take the government payout and never farm again, and which makes all the kids mad, leads into the most hilarious scene of the movie, and I'm like, how could someone write this? and then film it like there's no way they no didn't know and then film it and then edit it and be like yeah this is normal this is a normal thing a whole town a whole, the whole town of people like do these are these just wild children that roam the streets and like none of them are their actual parents other than like that one abusive guy because the guys the kids are like yeah what well, what about us we have a say and then all the adults start laughing at the children Like, oh, shut up you laughing directly <laughs> at the children and And the one guy is even like, well, you're just a little girl. (laughs) And they all laughing like they're high, like junior high bullies. I'm like, yeah. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? How did this get made? Who gave a person money to do this? This is so stupid, but it was pretty funny. Sorry. Well, I mean, (laughs) on one level, I get it. You know,
0: they're trying to, you know, push that final spark to make the kids want to take out the. You know adults but that that is such a leap of faith that that would happen like that i mean yes it, it it's so juvenile every adult. taken seriously but i could see one or two people you know laughing at him and say oh you know you you don't know what you're talking about you know but
1: the whole town come on laughing at them because they're just kid. you're just kids you're just a little girl mocking them and then the guy saying looking at his son blatantly saying just you making a point in front of everybody in front of i'm assuming although it didn't look like that many people all the main adults of the town you just wait till you're gonna get it when i come home it's just like okay so everybody's just cool with like this dude just being like i'm gonna abuse you i'm gonna beat you when i get home it's so it's so weird it's so on the nose and like whatever Speaking of on the nose, I'll stop subtlety was the, not a, subtlety. a theme in this movie. Right, right. And again, uh, the 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 guy he's made some other movies that weren't bad, and it, it's interesting because do you know what I'm talking about when I say equilibrium? It's the one with Gunkata. It had yeah. Christian Bale. It was a mm-hmm. kind of a one of the Matrix style movies after the Matrix came out. But I actually really yeah. liked it. There are elements of it that are not the most intelligent it's kind of goofy it's not the most intelligently written but it pulls a lot of influence from a lot of sci-fi stuff it's pretty decent i think so i can see parallels with the writing there and here i feel like th- that movie was handled much better this one is just like i don't know man wanting to make the point well
0: it's kind of where where i fall on this one is there's elements of this one that i really really like enough to overlook a lot of the very, very poor choices, like the kills in this, make it worth watching. You know, because there are some pretty interesting kills. Um, the fact that they give he who walks beyond the rose a body, an image, a you know, just something other than a whispering wind. I'm torn. You know, a physical shape. You know, I like. I don't necessarily like how he came out. But the idea of giving him, making him something physical and not just, you know, an idea, you know, so you have a physical villain. I I like that idea. Um, My chief complaint was they hammered home essentially how this movie was going to end the entire time. Mm, mm -hmm. And it, it was one line of dialogue. Um, and it was, you can't play with fire around grain dust. This whole thing will go up in flames and it said probably eight times, right? That's, and then, yep, the whole thing goes up in flames.
1: I can't decide if the script is dumb or if the script thinks we're dumb. Probably both, actually. I don't mind foreshadowing. It's fine. And they did, like, they made a point to set everything up. They've got, it's such a throwaway line, but with the blade, whether she finds in the cornfield and stabs the creature, I'm so torn on the creature. I don't hate its design. I just don't know that we needed it to be, whatever, it's fine. But they set all that up. The car's leaking gas, you know, like they set that up. Um, It is. They did hit hammer that home too hard multiple times. Uh, the little girl, she's still a little girl, so maybe, sure, she wouldn't think of that. Dousing the chicken in gasoline or whatever it was, in fuel. <sighs> but then there's the one shot, and I knew right away what they were doing, when she, after that, and she's like, you know, if you start me on a fire, this whole thing is going to blow up. That's like the fourth, fifth time they hit, hit that point. Yeah. Then she walks out, so she runs out of the barn into the cornfield, and there's a shot overhead where they made a point, I'm pretty sure digitally, they would have had to do it digitally, to show a very constant trail of gasoline behind her. Mm -hmm. So she ran through this cornfield all around for several minutes. Gasoline evaporates pretty quick. Plus, there's like a 10 minutes of this movie where she's just dripping gasoline constantly like she's got a hose hidden in her shirt and i know this is this is you could say this is nitpicking but this is just such a the perfect example of how i feel like the script is just doesn't have any respect for the intelligence of anyone watching or they just want to do their thing regardless of reality and sometimes that works and for me and sometimes it doesn't but the fact that like supposedly she like the she was drenched enough that she ran, who knows, we'll say half a mile around in this corn and left a constant, steady trail of gas behind her. And then got into a car that was leaking gas that had been leaking gas for at least a day, maybe two, and then drove that all around this cornfield. And it left a constant, solid stream of gasoline. As soon as I seen that first trail, I knew where this was going. Plus the grain dust. Plus the grain dust. And so I was like, no, no, this is so dumb. They're going to do it like it. The irrigation thing. I don't know if that would work, but it seems more intelligent than this. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, well, okay, she's going to ignite it. That's fine. That's it's inevitable. But, you know, she's still drenched in gasoline. She'll go up to that'll make it kind of a hardcore ending. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Like, I'm not saying I necessarily need her character to die, but like. That gives it some, like, grit. Yeah, it's sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Also, igniting fuel without an open flame with one of those, like, car lighters would be difficult. I suppose if he she hit it hard on the ground like she did and there was a spark, it might happen. But it's not that easy.
0: Um, so I, I've dropped a lit one into a tub of gasoline. It doesn't go. I've dropped a cigarette into a tub of gasoline. It doesn't go. That,
1: the, man, that's so scary. Why are you doing Why are you in those situations? However... <laughs> That's a good point. It's got to be an open flame.
0: Myth- Mythbusters was a great influence on oh, that. Oh, Jesus! Except the whole "Don't try this at home." How part. are you alive? How are you alive?
1: <laughs> That's insane. Um, so, so she hits it fine, and it's the thing. But like, the flame only goes away from her. It doesn't go back to the car, uh, and ex- explode the car like I expected. It doesn't light her on fire. Who's remember she's been so drenched in gasoline that she's left a constant uh, trail for like a mile at this point she left it all in the corn it only goes down the trail into the corn and then blows up that building eventually it was just i don't know that's just the perfect example i know it sounds like get off of it but that's the perfect example of is too far too far like pushing it so far where i'm like it's too stupid for me to even overlook You're ruining, like, what would have been an interesting climax, I guess. I just feel like there's a there's a less dumb way to handle, to uh, accomplish the same thing. Well, and
0: the, you, you look at these two movies side by side, and in the original you have a case of things not explained or fleshed out enough. And in this new one, over-explained, over-fleshed out. To the point of, as you mentioned, comical, and just far beyond the grasp of re- any seeming, seemingly sort of reality. If if there is ever going to be a rock solid Children of the Corn movie, there has it has to be somewhere in the middle of these two films.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense.
0: Yo, know, it's. You, you, you combine elements from this one with the original, you can have a, no pun intended, killer Children of the Corn movie. You know, the, together they would make one hell of a film. It, it's just, you, you have to find that balance and so far nobody's been able to find that balance. They either swing too far under or too far over. And I, at this point, I said it earlier. I'd rather see it as a short with because King has a ton of short stories. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see it as a short. Do it and do it as like a King anthology.
1: I think there are I think this movie is shot pretty well. It looks nice. I after the special I special
0: effects are great.
1: After I was yeah, it, it looks it looks really decent. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, they actually had a budget, and they did." They, had, I don't know. I, I guess this is modest in modern terms, but I have like ten. It was million? like it's
0: a, a low budget, but a pretty solid budget. Yeah, like
1: ten million dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like who who gave who gave this script ten million dollars? But, um, so it looks decent. There's some interesting ideas. There's some interesting attempts to do some like cool imagery that, I, for one reason or another, sometimes doesn't all, it doesn't necessarily land. Like the gas, the little girl with the gas mask. Again that's a a scenario where it's like kind of doesn't make sense where she's gassing the people in the jail. Um but I I get I get the cool I, imagery there. I, I need to pause you for here. a
0: second as I, I have to pause you there for a second because I need to ask you if cuz we have a lot of similar fandoms when she came into the room with a gas mask did you get the same thought that I did? And like, she came into the room and I half expected her to say, are you my mommy? Are
1: you my mommy? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. You can't put a child in a gas mask and not have me think about Dr. Who. Good man. old Dr. Who. <laughs> yeah. And especially those, especially those episodes, uh, the, yeah, what was it? The doctor dances was part two. And, uh, what, those are the two episodes that Melanie got me hooked on Dr. Who with specifically. Cause she knew gas mask, creepy gas mask children. That's, that's an image Mm -hmm. that's going to hook Randy. So like, yeah, Yeah. there's, there's potential here. Her gas mask didn't have any kind of canister, so it was pointless, but whatever. They were trying to go for the image. Um, (laughs) (laughs) she, she just held her breath. It's okay. Yeah. She just wanted to look intimidating. Uh, okay. I, I had started trying to, talk about the positives here (laughs) but yeah so like it looks nice the um the performances aren't bad i like i like the girl that played uh the red queen she just kind of played it like a girl boss right like i i I thought she did pretty good yeah um the main girl was fine her character is not i didn't find her particularly likable but you don't really have to be she was fine um i wish she
0: seemed pretty like normal is not the right word, but like average, just stand, Yeah, she, pretty average. Stock, but like stock, the, standard. The, 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 she, she was a stock. She was definitely a stock character. Yeah. But like the Red Queen, I'm very much looking forward to seeing more stuff as she continues acting.
1: Yeah, she was, she's she's pretty
0: good. She is very committed to this role, and I, I cannot wait to see more as she progresses and gets better with her craft she has the potential to be a knockout uh actress
1: yeah i'm i'm curious to know like hopefully it's a matter of like intentional quality because she did that thing a couple in a couple scenes where her demeanor will suddenly totally change and that's impressive to see especially if it's on purpose but uh i i think she was good yeah mm-hmm. i think she was really good um because she would like you'd see her and she's like okay And then she'd just like, she'd have a a line or something and like her demeanor would just completely change. And you'd be like, Oh, Oh no. She's like, she's got her stuff together. Like all of a sudden she, whatever.
0: So yeah, for a kid to be able to just, you know, go from like, yeah, that switch, essentially delivering a line, like, yo, hi, how's it going? Hi, how's it going? You know, just
1: that it's like the hell's wrong with you. Right. She, yeah, she, she could, she was pretty good. Um, I wish it had been more consequential because it kind of didn't seem to really do anything The bringing the reporter lady in, it might've, I, I I mean, maybe the movie was overstuffed as it was, but it would have been interesting to like, see that kind of more developed. Like the, like she calls a reporter is supposed to come in and then like, Oh, they have her, whatever. However, that scene with her where they basically offer her up in the barn to the creature was pretty good. I, I like that quite a bit. The yeah. reporter lady. I, I kind of like, like I said, I wish that her inclusion had kind of made more sense. You could put anybody in there, but it that's fine. That scene was pretty cool. Um, a good, I say, I think at that point, her sacrifice, you know, her being sacrificed
0: was the, uh, younger girl showing the older girl. I'm in charge. This is my town. Now you don't run shit. That was 100% a power play.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, and the older girl, like, hadn't even entertained, and really, for the most part, hadn't been introduced to the notion that there was a creature uh, in the corn telling these kids what to do uh, till that moment, and she never entertained that as even a possibility until, yeah. like, that works as, the, like, the quick, sudden, like, oh, no, you're not just dealing with crazy kids. There's actually something else going on here, and I, I think that it was a re- effective reveal for her character. As well. And I, I think, like that idea of like, it's not somebody trying to convince her or her hearing this thing and being like, ah, it's crazy. It's just like her kind of totally oblivious and then getting totally uh, blindsided by this, like, oh, wait, what? What's all this?
0: It's ultimately how it should have been for us as viewers R- right. in any horror movie. Right. You know, that kind of reaction or just, holy crap. This this is happening. You know, and I, I use Friday the 13th a lot, but Friday the 13th part one, the reveal that Pamela is the killer is still one of the greatest reveals in horror history. You know, because you see her throughout the movie as this, like, worried mom or this doting old woman, and then you realize she's the one that's been offing all these people, and you're just like, what? You know, that, that's what happened here when she realized that there is this creature telling these kids what to do. It wasn't just kids that had gone batshit crazy. Right. There's something
1: else. The first one, and I feel like you couldn't do it now because people know, because people know the story. I feel like the first one, a little bit, for a little while at least, entertains the idea of like, maybe there's not a creature out there. But I feel like it comes up and then it before to the old guy addressing the corn and the creature in the corn, even before you see it, you don't ever really see the creature, but you see like it's a power and you see the the yeah. lump in the ground. Like you see a physical man, manifestation of the creature in the first one, but I feel like it would be more effective if you could pull it off and you can't now because everybody knows what Children of the Corn is. If you play most of the movie to where the viewer is fully like there's no creature or there's no evidence of a creature. These kids are just crazy until you can blindside them with that. It's like my idea that you could never do because if you had Jason in a movie, you'd have to advertise it or else nobody'd go see it. But Mm -hmm. I would love either a movie or a comic book or something named, maybe some like super obscure reference to like a Friday the 13th proper thing, but where it's otherwise just like a generic camp slasher, And you don't know it's a Jason movie until he hops out in the hockey mask, but they could, they never, but they, and that'd be so amazing, but they could never do it because marketing would never let anybody do that. If they could do that somehow with a children Uh, of the corn.
0: As odd as it sounds, I I feel like if anyone's going to do a surprise twist or anything with this movie, you got to throw it to Shyamalan and, have him do it almost six cents like
1: six cents or sign style. I don't know that it would be good but his yeah no, he's done several yeah. things his aesthetic or at least the aesthetic of the like cinematographer he usually the cinematographers he works with would really fit it and he's like signs like he's done stuff Is visually it? that would fit it.
0: Like even the village which I didn't particularly like.
1: Right, right.
0: Y- you combine that with signs and six cents you take those three and more from into one you could have an m night Shyamalan version of
1: children of the corn and i think it'd be a solid movie i kind of hate to say it but i think the best way to do children of a corn children of the corn is first off it's gotta be a good script and you can't call it children of the corn and at that point you might as well just do something else um but (laughs) Just because, I don't know, people keep making it and people are going to see it based on the name, I guess. So it's not to say you can't make it. But in my mind, I feel like there's a lot of people who just wouldn't ever want to touch it because they're like 12, 13 movies deep in a franchise where even the first one is not that highly regarded in general, like in terms of like critically and stuff. And everyone after that is just kind kind of a bomb. So like it is not... A great franchise, but I guess it has that name recognition. But I, I feel like it's not gonna uh, attract people that could do it right, or maybe there's just not the people well, that want to do it right. I don't know. I I, I think an, another
0: way to like rebrand it and still have the the short story as its core is go the Texas Chainsaw route, yo. Know, make you think it's a true story. So have it be like the Nebraska murders or something like that.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yo. And then as you're watching it, you realize, Oh, this, this is children of the corn, you know, but that's a, a, that's secondary. It's not the focus. It's these murders are taking place in Nebraska and it's these kids that are doing it. You find out that it's this voice in the cornfield telling them to do it. And then ultimately, if you want, it's, No, the kid just went batshit crazy, and there is no voice in the cornfield. Right. You know, completely flip it.
1: Right, yeah.
0: But make it feel like it's real. Make it feel like this actually happened.
1: I wonder if there's... And
0: I think that would make an interesting story.
1: I wonder if anybody's ever bothered enough to do a fan edit of the first film. Because I feel like you could re-edit that. It'd be so much shorter. But you could re-edit that into something a little bit more solid in cutting out the opening massacre, maybe a flashback later in the story. That's fine. Cutting that out mm-hmm. because I feel like the original story would be best served as you're following these two people. They hit a kid on the road and now, so like a big chunk of the opening, say most of the first act is, you know, that's the drama. That's what this movie's about. It's a scenario. Yeah, these that's,
0: two people just hit a kid. Like, Oh my God, what, what do we do? Because that scenario to me,
1: I I don't, I feel like the first movie didn't handle it the best, but that scenario is horrifying to me. And I'm like, as it should be to like anybody, that's like a realistically plausible scenario that you never, it's a nightmare. You never want to find yourself in that scenario. So them, and I kind of hate the stereotype of like Nebraska or the Midwest being whatever kind of backwards, but them in an area also you're not only going to get there are areas where there's not a lot of radio stations and you will f- hear religious rantings but i don't think Espe- there's a lot yeah, of,
0: especially in the middle of nowhere yeah
1: I've, i don't feel like there's a lot of areas where you're not going to at least find a classic rock station but whatever um throw that in there so then it's the like oh, we hey, got this, the religious
0: we- ones are uh f-
1: are free to use so <laughs> right 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 um, but you know, so that whole scenario where you're like they're they're big city folk driving across Nebraska. they accidentally hit a kid. Uh, all the Midwest could would be scary to them, uh, especially like the super like religious area, play into that. That's your drama. and then you stumble across this town where like the children, and it almost becomes like a, I mean, it's a little bit different not quite psycho, I don't want to say psycho, but where like, you've got that MacGuffin of the, the, it's the kid, they hit the car, the car hit the kid. That's the like conflict or the drama or the threat. But then you get into like, oh no, it's actually this other thing. And it just becomes this like weird, I imagine this is maybe how the story, the short story plays out. (sighs) Like unraveling this really weird situation of this town of uh, this Lord of the flies town where they murdered all the adults yeah. and they have this weird, like obsession with some entity in the corn. Like it's such a good potential story. It's just, I don't, if anything slowly work into the kid's side of the story, but start okay. with the more grounded horror and then be like, Oh no, but it's actually this other thing. The problem is, well, and that's why I was saying it's something along the lines of like Texas
0: chainsaw or, uh, you know, house of a thousand corpses, uh hell even jeepers creepers they all have that feel of it starts with something Mm -hmm. and in this case yeah it'd be the two hitting some random ass kid on some highway and it devolves into something much much worse right yeah yeah and that i think is the route to take with this story and potential franchise and I feel like there is a there, there is franchisability in this mm-hmm. if you can get one solid film to take
1: off. Uh, the first movie is close. I mean the execution it hit- I, I just doesn't nail it, but I feel like having as much focused on the kids early on, and I get you want to hook people with like this opening massacre scene or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think it'd be more intriguing, but then again, it's children of the corn. Everybody knows what that is. So I don't know that you could do it and still call it children of the corn and have it be that effective.
0: It kind of depends on who does it. I mean, as much as I said, yeah,
1: you know, I'd like to see Shyamalan do it, throw it to Rob Zombie. You need to find somebody who can write a good script in curse of Chucky this because curse of Chucky was brilliant in that. It seemed like just a remake or a reboot And then at the end, it's like, oh, no, no, this is just another Chucky movie. It's the same Chucky that's been in all the other movies. Everything's canon. This is just another one. Like, they need to figure out a way to do that. I mean, not that they have to make everything canon, but they need to make you think it's something it's not and then be like, oh, yeah, no, it's still Children of the Corn, but they need to make you surprised by that.
0: Right. But whatever. Because at this point, we're so far deep into uh, the weeds of Children of the Corn that If you announce Children of the Corn again, it's pretty good odds. It's going to bomb
1: on launch. Well, it's one of those franchises. Just on name alone. I'm a little surprised this did get like, because it's been, it's one, I guess it makes sense. You know, it's not on, we're kind of in a period where it's not necessarily remakes, but new entries into, into franchises that actually get like a budget behind it and get like effort and wide release on franchises that have like for many movies been straight to video. Right. Um, I mean, Hellraiser is a good, a good example. Not that it kind of went straight to streaming, but you know, Hellraiser had some push behind it. It had a budget yeah. and it is technically a remake. It's not like another entry, but that franchise had long since been gone, gone straight to video and was like a new Hellraiser. Oh, okay. That's going to be good. But then they, somebody yeah. actually like put money into it. Um, money thought and time and it was yeah. good and i
0: think maybe that's what they're hoping the, the, those are be. the three things you need money thought and time right right yo know, crazy you need passion yeah you, know, you you need passion for a project not just yep i'm gonna do it
1: this is a name people know i mean i, I get it that's where the money comes from but i, I get just in case anybody's curious they're not we ranted about this one for a long time I gave uh, the 2020 or 2023 Children of the Corn one star. Oh, that's
0: more it's, than I thought you were going to give it.
1: it. Well, I give the first one one and a half. It could maybe go two. Um, but uh, I debated. I was like, do I want to go as low as possible? But no, I was like, one star, one star. There's M entertainment to be had. The I legitimately
0: better. thought this was going to be a half star rating for you.
1: No, <laughs> like I just... There's potential there. Maybe that makes it worse. It's like not to touch on Brightburn, but it's like the Brightburn effect, where it's like there's some potential there, but it feels squandered, which makes me dislike it a little bit more. But I don't know. There's potential here. It's just I really, obviously, if you couldn't tell, did not like the script, but everything else was fine. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, one star. Get drunk and watch it with it your at buddies. The beginning, but
0: yeah, it's, it's much like really any of the entries it's a fun watch it's not a ton of rewatchability, but it's it's another fun entry into the children of the corn saga not to Uh, like i said at the very beginning it doesn't really work as a as far as a movie goes as a prequel but as a standalone film it works as a fun horror movie
1: yeah not to stretch out the discussion too much longer but um have you so have you seen a bunch of the other because I've seen very little of the rest of the franchise, and I realize I probably i have shouldn't. seen like half of them. Okay, there's a lot, there's a lot, just yeah, most of them are straight to video, too. But uh, okay, it's like
0: it, it, it's a chore to watch the uh, like y- you want a movie marathon, go watch all the uh, children of the corn entries, Man. they won't all be good, but if you just want something to do for like thirteen hours, there you go. You got a day to kill. Start at the beginning and watch all the Children of the Corn.
1: It is surprising there hasn't been anybody that's like really turned a good sequel or remake out of this franchise. Whatever. I'm I'm just repeating myself at this point. But oh well, uh,
0: no, I I 100 I agree because they're the story's there. It's just a matter of getting it into the hands of the right people, y'all you know, and. I don't know if it's the right people aren't interested or if it's not being optioned to the right people but as we you know as we mentioned there's elements in this that are right but they don't necessarily outweigh the wrong to make this a good movie an okay movie, but not a good movie to where you could start building a franchise off
1: right you know as a one-off it's a fun movie right I will, some credit has to be given to the original because even being a Nebraska kid, i known other kids who thought, who were afraid of the cornfields because of this movie. So it definitely has impact on children, but some people, children. And it seems more surprising to me that if you grew up around cornfields and this movie still made you afraid of them, Maybe it's because they're actually there, and if you didn't grow up around them, you'd just be like, why would I be afraid of them? But I would feel like it'd be the opposite to where people who didn't grow up in the area but watched this movie when they were a kid. I feel like that would make cornfields more scary to them. I don't know.
0: Well, and what I've found over the last few years is as you drive through Nebraska, there are bus stops near cornfields. (laughs) And... By those bus stops, there's always a sign that says, watch for children. (laughs) And if exactly, it is one of the funniest and creepiest things at the same time. And I know people who've come in from different states who aren't used to seeing that. And they're like, wait, was this real? Yeah, it really happened. We got to tell people to watch out for the kids that live in the cornfield. Yeah, it's like, no, we're just you got to make sure no one's hitting the kids on the side of the road. But yeah, there's tons of cornfields throughout the state that'll have signs watch for children. And it's the greatest thing
1: to just naturally happen. That's funny to hit on the psychology really quick of it. Like I would think it makes sense. And I would think it'd be somewhat easy to exploit the idea that cornfields could be scary because first off, if there's no cornfields, it's just nothing. And there's, we got plenty of areas of that. Um, especially if you travel like towards Colorado, like a lot of Nebraska isn't, Mm -hmm. even it's just like flat. Um, yeah, it's scary to be out in the middle of nowhere by yourself, especially it's scary to be out in the middle of nowhere, but I think the cornfields actually makes it much worse and it's a legitimate threat because you're out in the middle of nowhere. There's really nothing there, but there's also walls everywhere and anything could be hiding just behind, just he who walks behind the rows, like just a row or two back, and you wouldn't even see it until they jump out. And I'm talking like realistically, like the real fear there is like an animal, right? Or if you want to get crazy, well, it could be a killer uh, yeah, or he, he, whatever.
0: You have the uh, added uh, element of local wildlife, right? Which is usually just going to be a deer, but you spook one enough, it's going to, you know, it, it could be dangerous. But there's also coyotes and depending on where you're at. It could be a mountain lion. It could be, I mean, it's its a food source. Yeah. The, there's going to be elements there that you can't see. And even in the daylight, you can't necessarily see right. it. And I'll use the scene from uh, Wild Wild West when those giant uh, saw blades were going after uh, Kevin Clyde and Will Smith. You wouldn't know which direction they were coming from. Right, right. You know, so, and that was broad daylight. So corn the the corn in and of itself is uh, an element
1: that can just be played on a lot more. Right. Because it will grow extremely tall, uh, taller than people. And if you're in it, you cannot see anywhere around it. Also, have you ever detasseled? As high as an elephant's eye on the 4th of July. Right. Have you ever detasseled? Because there's a lot of yes. people running through corn in this movie. And I will tell you, running through corn is incredibly unpleasant. You, you will get... Yes. You'll get... Do they... I don't know what they call it. It's basically paper cuts from the leaves, but you'll get cuts from the corn, the the, yeah. the leaves on the corn stalks. Yeah, no, those leaves are sharp as hell. It's super I've also hot. woken
0: up drunk in a cornfield.
1: Ooh, that's not, that's not... That's not... That's not safe. That's very dangerous. Um, it's also a story for another time. That's... Mm. And if you, that's not a public story, if you (laughs) detassel, you go in the morning after either it's rained or with the, or it's been irrigated, the fields muddy while the leaves are wet, the leaves are wet. You get corn rash from, from the leaves and the dirt and the dust in there. And it's so unpleasant and you get, it it gets so hot once it starts like humid all that moisture in there and then the sun comes out and it's so humid it is thoroughly unpleasant so being in a cornfield just being in one sucks <laughs> yeah anyway
0: so before we wrap this up where do uh you mentioned it at the beginning don't mention it again where can the listeners keep up with everything
1: randall super science and growlix well, if you like the cut of my jib when it comes to talking about movies, you should check out Uh We stream pretty much every week at thurs- on Thursdays at 8.30-ish p.m. Central Time. If you want to check out some music, go to superscience.xyz. Um, or I'm on Thread. If anybody's on Threads, look me up. I really want Threads to take off because I'm not going to be on Twitter ever. Superscience Sounds. So if you're on Threads, hit me up there. That's kind of my, just all in one main profile right now. And, uh, yeah, Grolics podcast or super science music on YouTube as well.
0: And then as always, you can find me and other great podcasters, including Grohl, over at electronic media, Or yeah. if you're just looking for me, you could find me on Facebook, Twitter, and now YouTube at moose media, Inc. Just look for the moose.
1: Just look for the moose. I like that. And you
0: know, Randy this has been a blast I love when we can get together and listeners it won't be as long in between because Randy is coming back next month for the 13 horrifying days of Christmas I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about but he will be back yeah that's a threat so,
1: and a promise
0: <laughs> it's a threat and a promise so until next time horror hounds mash it on eee she's been Monster Mash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. (laughs)